Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Great Iron Stud Show. He's Robert E. Lee. I'm Jefferson Davis. If you are offended, please adjust your listening device to off. Oh, am I, am I Robert E. Lee today? I'm surprised you're even allowing me on the show. Reschedule Robert me. E. I'm Jefferson Reschedule Davis. me. We should be banned. <laughs> you should be banned, my friend. Nevertheless, we're on. It's live. It's the Gridiron Stud Show, and we're going to be talking college and NFL football, mostly college football here. It's our college football preview show for 2017, a little later than usual. But here, nonetheless, Abel and I are going to go through the Power Five conferences tell you who's in who's out who's going to look good who's going to look bad who's in between and then at the end we will uh, lay out the college football playoff situation anxious to see what Amel has cooked up this year um and uh, i have my four and then we're also going to give you the top five war games top five war games in college football this year i'm sure we'll miss a few but this is just our opinion if you want to join us on the show today and you happen to be listening live the number to call in is 319-527-6059 319-527-6059 before we launch into the college football preview show uh anything that is not involving on the field action that you want to address on the show today it's it's a long off season but it's coming to well me. you know you threw you, you laid you threw me a softball there because uh i want to address and anybody who's listened to the show the last few years, you've been pretty, you've been in lockstep with me on this, but I've been pretty much hammering ESPN for years now. I've been ahead of the curve on ESPN. I don't get ESPN. Apparently other people don't because they're losing millions and millions of dollars and millions of subscribers every year. Uh, Robert Lee, who happens to be a, an announcer, a younger guy, uh, I'm guessing late 30s with ESPN, has been rescheduled. Uh, he's also the, Asian. Animal, he's by Asian, way. by the way. Robert Lee has a better chance of being related to Chairman Mao in China than he ever does Robert E. Lee, the Confederate general. But nonetheless, yeah, he will related to Bruce Lee, perhaps. Maybe not Robert. Maybe Bruce, yeah, but he's not, he's not going to be doing that game on September 2nd, which probably won't matter for a lot of people because, I mean, I'm not sure many people are going to be watching the Virginia game. But we'll get to that in our preview section. He has been rescheduled because they don't want any of the alt-writers to come out with memes like Lee is back in Virginia and stuff like that because, my God, that would just that would ruin the entire world. We couldn't handle that. You know, uh, Amal, let's let's jump on the other side of this because, uh, like you, I've been observing ESPN for a while. Don't watch ESPN, by the way. It's amazing. When they first came out, you I couldn't get enough of uh, ESPN. You know what's funny? You do watch it. You just don't realize it. You're like me. You turn it on when the Yankees are on in your home, and you can watch the Yankees. The sporting or event, that's the, it. I don't that's watch it. Anything. And the Hurricanes are on. I'm, let me give them this thirty for thirty. I'll give them that the thirty for thirties. Thirty for thirty, else? solid. And I'll watch. I'll watch that, and I'll watch any time they happen to put my Dodgers on them around the Trojans or the Cowboys, and that's it. If it's not one of my teams, basically, or a game, I have to watch because I try to avoid it. If there's two games on, I swear I don't like their announcers. If there's two equal games on, not involving my teams on a Saturday, and one's on Fox Sports Channel and one's on ESPN, and I don't really care. 
I usually shy away from ESPN. I can't stand their announcers. I, I really can't. It's, it's, it's just bad programming for me. Yeah, I don't. Um, you know, I don't watch any of their uh, bait shows, and you know what I mean the 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 debate shows where they try to. Oh, I hate those. Yeah, I don't watch any of that. I certainly don't watch Sports Center anymore, which I think that's a that's a dying uh, breed. Just you know, sports update shows are dying, and at some point they're gonna have to do something about it. So yeah, it's just boiled down to thirty for thirties and live sporting events for me, well, with ESPN. But again, I've I've been observing them for a while, and you know what ESPN is good at? They're good at getting attention. They do stuff like this, and everyone talks about ESPN for for days. Maybe even weeks. But my so, friend, it is not good attention, as indicated by their P and L statement with their finances and the amount of subscribers they're losing, because most people are giving them negative attention. At least, maybe it's different on your timeline. But I put that up yesterday, and every person who commented came in and chimed in. I'd say ninety-five percent of the people had something to say. Is like I either disconnected it. One guy told me he's an older guy in his seventies. <laughs> Another person told me don't watch it. Only watch it if Penn State's on. I mean. Not good. I want to, but let's think about this for a little minute. Let's 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 you know cut through the noise here. Uh, negative comments don't always mean that people aren't watching because to sometimes to produce those negative comments you have to agree what happened and if you saw what happened that means you're True. watching. I think they may True. also just be suffering from a content, um, you know, a, a content deficiency. They just don't have the content anymore. Uh, sports updates are, you know, thing of the past because you can get, you know, you got a Bleacher Report app. You got me to get the Bleacher Report app. Yeah, well, I understand. The sports Center, it's gone. So, um, yeah, they do get the looks at the thirty for thirties, and if they can find more of what the audience really wants in terms of content, uh, they may start to get some eyeballs back. Uh, you know, things outside of live sporting events, which is really the only thing people go to now. Our, our viewing uh, habits have changed dramatically over the last five years. Oh, and... listen, there's no doubt the Sports Center and what you're saying is spot on, but you know me pretty well. I know you pretty well. You know, I, I consider myself, and I think you would agree, a pretty empathetic guy, okay? I'm not a, I mean, we're both in our 40s, so I'm certainly not a guy, though, that what's going on in the world today, a lot of it makes me scratch my head, but I, I certainly feel bad for people when stuff happens if it's serious, but I mean, when I, when I turn on, I flip through Sports Center, and you know, they're interviewing an athlete at some point, and it's, you know, and the questions have nothing to do with what with sports, so Aaron, how do you feel about what's going on now in Charlottesville, <laughs> um, Virginia? And you're, yeah, you're, and you're, you know what that is, Amol? That's them <laughs> struggling to be a part of what's going on in society. And there's just this feeling, I think, from all of these networks and all of these content providers that sports is just not enough and that they need to somehow encompass, you know, you know what I always say, they got to draw in the Bravo channels um, and the lifestyle channels and the people who want drama that extends beyond the actual on-field action. And, I think at some point I, I'm I'm hopeful that someone in the ESPN brass can see all of what's going on and say let's let's do an about face and let's really dig in hard with um, you know the on-field action and let's try and keep it there while everyone else is trying to bring politics and social issues into sports why don't we just become hardcore and just get back to our core? Let me ask groups. you: Do you watch any football games when they're on E Entertainment Channel or Bravo? 
I oh, don't. Uh, because there are none, okay? They there are no football many. games on E-Entertainment or Bravo. But, sure. And guess what? There is E-Entertainment on ESPN, and that's the problem, okay? Focus right. on what your core mission is, period. Exactly. Um, yeah, it might not draw um, as, as big a total audience, total audience numbers, but at some point, you've got to start digging into those numbers and ask yourself, well, just how engaged is that audience, the people I bring over from the Bravo channel, and do I really want that? You know, yes, there aren't any football games on E! Entertainment. I mean, they're, they're locked into what it is that they do. I don't understand why. Uh, Notice ESPN the way they're tracking, Chad. ESPN and the NFL have a very, very uh, glove-in-hand type partnership. At least over the last five to six years, it's really gotten tighter. And if you've noticed, a lot of their, at least from my seat, a lot of the way they approach things, okay, has tracked almost, you know, glove in hand. And you're seeing the guys our age, you know, maybe over 35, you're seeing a little bit of a, hey, I'm going to watch the NFL. But they're not gung-ho like they used to be. I mean, I know guys like my age, my God, we we were in our 20s. We lived for the NFL. Now it's kind of like, yeah, it's football. I like football, of course. Uh, but it, it, it's we're not gung ho, and that's where ESPN's at. You know, you had a hardcore fan base that they couldn't get enough. It was on in their house. You know, whenever they were home, the TV went on wherever the guy was, at least, and they had ESPN on. It's just I'm telling you, these sports leagues like the NFL and sports channels like ESPN have to understand when you start losing that core base. When guys like you or guys like me and, and people listening to the show start saying, ah, I, don't, I don't need it anymore, you know, whatever, you know, if it's on, it's on. That, yeah. They're in trouble. I don't know that <laughs> anything has happened to the point where I just say, you know, I'm boycotting. I'm not a big No, boy, you're not going to boycott either am I. I'm just not interested. I'm just not, yeah. I'm not drawn to it. It's not going to pull me away from something else I've got to do. All right, before we go to a break, I want to talk a little bit of high school football just for our, the local listeners here because that's a, that's a big deal down this way. Some big matchups going on this weekend. Emil, I know you're a big California guy, and I'm sure you're familiar with St. John Bosco out in California. Sure. Um, and all my times as coaching high school football for all the years, I just really wanted to uh, play a team from California. And uh, unfortunately – doesn't look like that's going to happen for me. But it's happening for St. Thomas, the number one ranked team in the country. They're going to take on St. Bosco tomorrow, tomorrow night at 7 o'clock at Brian Piccolo Field, the home stadium for St. Thomas, if you're someone from out of the area. So that's a big matchup that's going on in high school football. Is that on, um, is that on ESPN? You know, I, 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 don't, I don't know. Wouldn't I want to. I have to look. Is. Honestly, see, that's a, that's a game. You know, when your teams, when you've played on ESPN over the as I've tried to catch it, and I'd like to catch a game like that. That'd be something I'd be interested in seeing. Yeah, I'm gonna uh, double check on that as we, uh, you know, as the show goes on. And if I have that answer, I'll produce that answer for you um, at some point during the show. Also, uh, locally, Miami Central, um, another powerhouse down here that happened to miss the playoffs, so they're in big high red alert. They're taking on Chaminade, Chaminade Madonna High School. Um, and Booker T, who we played last week, is going to try and rebound as they play uh, Dillard High School out of uh, Broward County. Uh, how about this game, Emil? Uh, and uh, <laughs> just speaking to how we started off the show, uh, there's a solid program up in Jacksonville called Reigns. They have a game tomorrow night at 7 p.m. You want to guess the name of the school they're playing? Mm, Reigns Umbrella? <laughs> 
No, 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 no. Reigns is going to be playing Robert E. Lee High School. I wonder if they're thinking about canceling well, that, that, well, game that You know, that won't be happening very long. They're going to need a new name soon. Uh, yeah, buddy. All right. And then some other interesting matchups. Number 10, Deerfield Beach taking on Miami Carroll City. Oh, man. Robert E. Lee High School. What are you going to do about that? Got to. What are you? What are you gonna do? You know, it's funny. No. I, I I don't want to make light of it because here's the thing. I've said this all along. Hey, I get. I do really get, and you know, and maybe people aren't getting that from me. Why someone who is black would not want to see a monument in front of a building they go to work at every day honoring, sure. uh, you know, uh, someone who, in my mind, has always been those people in the Confederate were traitors against the country mm-hmm. that went to war to protect something and when they say it's a state's rights issue it was it was a right to keep slaves okay right why you build a statue to a loser i never got that because any no offense guys anybody here in the south but you lost just the way it was you you lost you took a big l if you You took a big l okay so if you want to put those monuments in a civil war museum i am completely cool with that it's part of history people need to learn it if you want to put it at gettysburg I don't get putting it in front of a building, but you can't just rip it down. There's a way you do that. That's called destruction of property when you start pulling things over. Okay. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Move that stuff to museums. It doesn't need to be in yeah, front of government buildings. Yeah, put it in a museum. Buildings. I mean, it's just my opinion, but I just feel like you're better off doing that. I think those fighting against it um, are, you know. You, you know where you know which way they're leaning because uh, I think anyone in well, you well uh, first of all just you know we won't go too deep because we need to do games but the history lesson here is a lot of those statues went up in the 1950s and 60s not all but a lot as a, as a protest in the South to the civil rights movement so you got to remember sure. something and and when people say we're forgetting our history I don't have a statue of the Romans invading everybody but I know the history of Rome okay I don't need right. a statue to keep my history. Yeah, and there's other ways that we can be reminded of that. Yes. All right, we got to talk about some uh, on-the-field stuff here, and that is our college football preview. That's why you came here. That's why we're doing the show today. So we're going to need to do that. So stay with us. We'll be right back with the beginning of the college football preview. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back. Sure, someone's gone, winch is here. But that doesn't mean everyone's putting their t-shirts away. Whether it's the company recreational basketball team, the youth soccer league for the kids, or the Halloween party your buddy throws every year, t-shirts are as much a part of the American culture as Tom Brady deflating footballs. Screen printed t-shirts are costly when done for small groups. They're limited in color unless you want to pay even higher prices. More colors, more costly. The answer? Do it yourself at home with your inkjet printer and a hand iron. Whether it's your 7-on-7 team, your child's birthday party, or the family reunion, you can do it yourself and they'll look great. That's right, with heat transfer paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com, you can design your own logos, do the wording, whatever you want, print it on your own inkjet paper sold by t-shirtsupplies.com, and iron it on with your own hand iron. The design or pictures you put on your t-shirts are limited only by your own imagination and creativity. If you dream it up and design it, the paper sold at t-shirtsupplies.com can get it onto your t-shirt. By the way, don't worry if you haven't done it before. As T-Shirt Supplies has first-rate customer service, they'll help you get the right paper for your project and steer you in the right direction. Visit them at t-shirtsupplies.com. 
That's t-shirt, no hyphen, supplies pearl, all one word, dot com. Or call them at 1-877-857-2737. It's 1-857-85-PAPER. T-shirtsupplies.com. Go there now. The Macho Man Randy Savage is not a happy, unjustifiably in a position that I'd rather not be in. Outside interference here. Yeah. Oh, I'm living in a nightmare. But the cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. I am the cream. Yeah, let me say it to yeah. you. Let me say it out loud. The cream of the crop. I am the cream. I am the cream, yeah. The cream of the crop. I'm on my way. On balance, off balance, doesn't matter. Nobody does it better. On the Great Iron Stud Show, we're back. 2017 college football preview. Chad Wilson, Emil Calamino. Let's jump right into this, Emil. It's an hour-long podcast show, let's say, whatever we're calling this thing. Um, and let's talk Big 12. We'll get them out of the way right now, right this minute. The biggest they thing still that happened- don't have a conference championship game, am I correct? I'm just trying to follow along here. They're still... Holding out, right? They they have not added one yet. Yeah, still don't. Big 12, uh, two teams short of being 12. Uh, we laugh at this okay. every year. But uh, the, the fact that they have 10 kind of prohibits or kind of makes it a little bit difficult for them uh, to have that end-of-the-year big crescendo known as the conference championship game. So they're still going to uh, line it up and then cry at the end of the year when their team is not in there. They're champion, however they go about calling them a champion. So uh, I'll go first here on the Big 12. The biggest thing that happened in the offseason um, was, you know, it, it was Charlie Strong stepping down and Tom Herman coming in at Texas. But then uh, our guy, Bob Stoops, big game Bob, said he doesn't want to do big games anymore. He doesn't want to do any games and stepped down at Oklahoma. And I think that's going to happen. You know, we tease him, but he had a hell of a career. I mean, he really did. did. When he He went to Oklahoma, um, and you you people out there were young, don't remember this. They were at the bottom of the barrel. They had gone through four or five years. John Blake was the coach. They were winning three or four games a year. Um, They were really bad. He got there in 1999, immediately won seven games and went to a bowl game, and then the next year won a national championship. So, you know, say what you want. We kid a lot about him, but the guy won a lot of football games. Yeah, he did, and uh, he did beat Nick Saban, and Nick got mad about it. So for nothing else, um, you could uh, love Bob for that. But let's talk about this conference. I'm going to slide through this thing really quick. Starting at the bottom, I think your bottom place team is going to be Kansas again this year. Sorry to hear that. You know, they fired that big guy several years ago. Uh, Mangino, was that his name? Yeah, Um, the big Mike, I think, or uh, Mangino was Mike Mangino. Anyway, he was a big big man. They fired big snacks, and things just haven't been – the same ever since, and I don't think they're going to get any better for them here. Kansas, I think, um, occupies their spot at the bottom at 2-10. and and ten. I don't know how folks feel about West Virginia. I'm not feeling good about it. I think Dana Holgerson um, kind of offense has, has run its course, and I'm not seeing big things for West Virginia. They've got a lot of guys to replace there. I think they're their ninth-place team there at 4-8. and eight. Um, And then there's going to be a little bit of a hodgepodge there, I think, 
Uh, after that, Iowa State always struggles to move anywhere above uh, the middle or bottom middle of this conference. I think they're your seventh-place team. Um, uh, Baylor, you know, Baylor's gone through a lot of trials and tribulations, and, uh, I mean, I don't know if they're out of the dark there yet. You they know, got a good point. coach there. That guy's solid. The guy they brought in from Temple, um, he's they, he's solid. They do. Um, he has some cleaning up to do, and um, cool. I think it's gonna. Yeah, I think it's gonna be a bit of a process for them to get back. I think Baylor's your sixth place team there at seven and five. Kansas State, ever present. Kansas State, just never the best, uh, but always there to surprise someone and ruin someone's season. I think they're your number five team at eight and four. Uh, at four, I think Tom Herman comes in there. Um, you know, Charlie Strong did some really good things at Texas, and it's a shame that he yeah. couldn't get the chance to see it through. Maybe um, it, it was just a situation where Charlie was going to set things up for the next guy. Maybe that is what's going to happen with Tom Herman. I think Herman comes in and does some good things this year's and uh, and brightens the future for Texas football. I think they're the fourth-place team in this conference at 8-4. and four. Uh, Number three, Emil, I think it is going to be that Oklahoma team. Uh, you, you know, you can't lose a guy like Bob Stoops, and it's it's business as usual. Um, I think there'll be, uh, you know, there'll be some bumps in the transition there, and I think Oklahoma falls to three. Opening the door for Oklahoma State, I like Mike Gundy. I, you know, I really do. I like him as a player. I love him as a coach. I love the way that – I love the, some of the things that he stands for, um, and I love the way that he goes about his business. He's in his 13th year at Oklahoma State. I think they have a, a pretty good football team that they're returning this year, and they have a chance to make some noise. I like them as the number two team in this conference at 9-3. and three. And my winner in this Big 12 uh, conference this year, Amos TCU. I think TCU is a double-digit win team, 10-2 and two this year. And I think uh, with some of the other things that have happened in this conference, steady TCU is the one that benefits the most from uh, all of the transitions and some other bumps that are going on with the other teams. So that's how I've laid out the Big 12. TCU is my, my winner, and I've, I have them as a 10-2 football team. We have some vast differences and then some similarities throughout this. Uh, you know, and, and I'm going to start at the top. Chad's the guy that gets the hamburgers and fries, eats all the fries first, and then gets to the hamburger. I'm going to start that's with so the hamburger. Yeah, isn't that you? I, I can tell. You do, you do that, don't you? You eat all the fries, and then you get to the main course. For right? most places, there's some places where I just gotta get my hand on that yeah. burger right away. Yeah, I, I, I know you. So, but I'm gonna start at the top, and you know this. I agree with what you're saying. I don't think you can lose a guy like Stoops long term and have it just be business as usual. Um, I think Oregon saw that when Chip Kelly left. Um, but I do think with Mayfield back, it's kind of like having your coach on the field this year, and I think there's enough veteran leadership. I've got a tie at the top of the conference and overall record. I have both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State at 10-2. and two. Difference being, I see Oklahoma winning that game. I have them losing a game at Ohio State and then finding a loss somewhere else on their schedule in the conference to get that second loss, uh, which will give them the conference tiebreaker. So I've got Oklahoma winning the conference. Uh, that doesn't mean I don't think Stoops will be missed. I think he will be, but I think he, having Mayfield back this year and that I, I think they have the best roster in the conference as far as talent this year. So maybe Texas is close, but Texas is younger. So I've got them 10-2, and two, Oklahoma State second at 10-2. and two. Believe it or not, I, I think Kansas State's going to surprise some people this year. I have them at 9-3. and three. Um, I, I, They're always one of those teams that every once in a while they jump up and win 9 or 10 games. And I think this year, you know, they, they lost a lot of close games last year. I think this year they go 9-3 and three and finish third. And like you... I've got Texas fourth at eight and four. Um, I think there's a ton of talent there. We'll see how 
how Tom Herman handles that. Um, uh, there's some lofty expectations in Austin, and uh, I'm sure there's people that expect them to go out to the Coliseum in week three and win that game at USC like Vince Young did. And, you know, let's just see if they don't win it, how he handles that and how the fans handle that. Because I think they're, you know, they, they expect big, big things quickly. I've got West Virginia fifth. You don't like West Virginia. I like what they're doing there as a program. I've got them at eight and four. And, uh, that, you know, TCU, I, you're more bullish on TCU than me. I, I still have them at like seven and five. TCU, I know nobody plays defense in this conference, but my God, for, lately they've, they've seemed to for, for, forgot what they were all about because TCU first got here. That was, that was their calling cards defense. Um, then I'm like you, a lot, of, a lot of hodgepodge. I got Baylor at seven and five, seventh. Iowa State eighth at five and seven. Texas Tech ninth at five and seven overall. And I've got Kansas winning four games, mainly out of conference, of course, and uh, finishing last at four and eight. All righty. Um, just a note here, and, and give me those last four again. Baylor, Iowa State, Texas Tech, and Kansas. And what what what's uh what's your records for those guys? Baylor, I've got them at seven and five. You got to remember, people, when uh, we're not separating conference record, that would be too much in the weeds for you guys. But the, a lot of these teams play some real cream puffs out of conference. So Baylor, I've got at seven and five. I've got Iowa State at five and seven, Texas Tech at five and seven, and uh, Kansas at four and eight. I think Kansas is going to win four games, huh? Uh, well, my only, my they have a couple of MAC teams on that schedule, buddy. I'm hoping they can figure don't out that. Don't sleep on the Mac, my friend. Okay, uh, I think that was a Mac team that went into uh, what was that? Was that Oklahoma State last year and pulled one off? Central Michigan. Pulled yeah, one that off was the on officiating the... debacle, but nonetheless, point taken. Well, the officials are still will still be here this year. Yeah, <laughs> Not they will better, be. My friend. They'll still be around. The stripes will still be around. The guys from Foot Locker. Um, the only thing I'll say to you about TCU uh, is that you're looking at a team that's returning 10 starters on offense, including their quarterback, and seven on defense. They've just got to be better defensively. I think they're going to be um, still a strong team offensively. And no one, you know, that whole big thing we talk about with expectations, not a whole lot of expectations there. No, I mean, listen, I, I could see it. I, I understood the, the numbers coming back and I, I, I'm with you. I could see it. My, I've always been a believer of when I return players that played badly, unless they were like freshmen and sophomores and, and that's the excuse. I'm not so sure like your defense necessarily gets better because nothing's changed. It's not like you could say, well, last year they played defense horribly because they had a new coordinator. I mean, did they? I don't know, but I don't know. We'll see. One of us is going to be grossly wrong on uh, TCU. All right, let's talk Big Ten. This is an extremely interesting conference, uh, to say the least. Might be the most interesting of them all um, because there there's some – there's some pretty good teams, and there's some things I think the Big Well, there's one division that's teams. interesting. I find the other half of it, I guess they call it the Western. I guess I'll go first on this one, the Western half. I find that to be somewhat boring. Um, and we've I am interested you and in I, how you think this thing is going to shake out to Amel. And then, you know, I, another thing the Big Ten is going to have to look at is how they've got this thing set up. I mean, Yeah, it's they've really got, they've got to re- – you know, the, the one side is completely stocked with, you know, all the blue blood programs that the conference has in the East with, with Penn State and Ohio State and Michigan and, and even Michigan State. And then you got the other side, 
And let, let me do that side first, you know what I mean? Yeah, you know what this just kind of reminds me of, Emil? Uh, when I was in elementary school, I went to elementary, you know, elementary school in Brooklyn, and we had a couple of us that were really good athletes in class, and we were like the popular guys in class. And so we would, you know, play, play uh, at recess, um, a missing part of school now. But at recess, in the springtime, we'd play baseball, and in the fall we'd we'd play football and you know we'd pick teams and I, lo and behold Emil, it was us four always on the same team versus the uh, other the other kids in the class and i'm gonna guess that you won most of the time uh not just win but completely lopsided um a whole bunch of home runs going out of the and and mad <laughs> touchdowns in a football game and i just these guys on the other side just never protested that's what this conference looks like to me right now but go ahead with it the does. West. you know i don't want to take a shot i mean i see wisconsin i'll get right to the point i think wisconsin's going to win the west again like they did last year um so it's a good program over there i don't want to make fun of you know they're they're one of the better the five best programs with the other four I named in this conference, but they happen to be in a side of it all by themselves right now. Um, I see them going 10 and two winning the Western side of this conference. I think Nebraska is doing a really good job recruiting. Um, I wasn't sold when they brought, when they brought in Riley, um, but he seems to be, you know, poaching, picking kids from the West coast here and there. And Nebraska back in the day it's was apparently always, like Nebraska seems to be the place for a, a guy like Mike Riley, apparently. Maybe so. And, you know, back in the day, Osborne, Osborne would go out to California and he wouldn't get a ton of guys, but he'd, he'd poach a guy here and there to run that option. And I see, you know, Riley doing that with wide receivers. And I think it'll start to show. I think Nebraska will be a, a pretty good team this year, very competitive and bigger, bigger games. I have them at nine and three just getting edged out by Wisconsin. I was about to go for an upset and say the Cornhuskers return to glory and, and maybe win it, but I'm going to still go with the chalk with Wisconsin. And then I have Iowa. You know, I think Iowa is usually a solid program, and I see no reason they can't be an 8-4 and four club again this year, uh, cause headaches for teams like they did for Michigan when they basically knocked them out of that playoff last year by beating them 14-13. That's what Iowa's all about. They're, they'll find a way to be a pest, and I, I see them doing that again. Uh, Northwestern, you know, they have the look of a 7-5 and five team, another pest, where maybe they pull an upset this year to get to a bowl game. And, you know, at Northwestern, if you're 7-5 and five and going to a bowl game, you did a good job. It's a, you know, it's a small school with high academic, high academic standards. And then I got Minnesota at 6-6, six and six, Purdue, Four and eight, and uh, Illinois three and nine, and those bottom two teams in this this division are just you know they're woeful. I mean, I don't know what Purdue and Illinois are going to do to make themselves relevant again in this conference, but they better do something or uh, get ready for basketball season. But that's how I see that now. The hey, other per, side, no, well, let's 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 you go you go west, I'll go west, and you go east. I'll oh, go okay, east. you want to do it that way? Cool. Okay. Yeah, I didn't I didn't get your record on uh, Iowa. What do you think they're finishing this year? I got them at eight and four. Iowa eight and four. Yeah, have you ever heard Cowherd on Iowa? He just doesn't like their well, scheduling. Have you? No, I mean, well, I, mean, I don't. They, they have an odd schedule. I mean, it's usually a MAC team and Iowa State out of conference, and you know they bring somebody else in there. But you have to give. Listen, it's Iowa, okay? I mean, it's he does a good job with what he's given in this conference. I think every year, you know, you can't just sleep on Iowa. They were playing horrible last year. Penn State killed them. And yet they figure out a way at home to upset Michigan. That's impressive to me. Yeah, no, no yeah, no doubt about that. I've got uh, I've got some surprises in this conference, Emil. Um, okay. And 
and and you know you might have to ride with me on it. So every now and then I I'll pull an, an end run, and I think I'm going to do that here in this conference. I've got number one in this conference. Are you ready? I wish we had some music for this. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Northwestern. Um, oh dear I like God! Okay. Yes, uh, Pat Fitzgerald in his 12th year, I think, is a damn good football coach, and it wasn't you know, but two years ago when this team finished 10 and three. Now, they got hammered in the ball game against Tennessee. They've got a pretty strong group coming back, um, and I think he's got something good going there, and uh, there might be a chance here for Northwestern to reclaim what they had two years ago. Every now and then, Northwestern rises up, and I'm just smelling that kind of deal here with them. I think, you know, I, the Iowa's – um, Nebraska is still trying to build themselves to where they want to go. I think Iowa is stuck in a holding pattern. And, you know, Wisconsin, now that's going to be the tough part. I don't even have them as the number two team or the number three team, Emil. Uh I'm going with Nebraska, like you. I like them as number two in this conference. What did uh, you have Iowa at? I'm sorry. I have uh, Iowa as the number three team. No, what did you have um, Northwestern at? I'm sorry. What, what, what's number the, what's one the at nine and three. Number one at nine, nine and three. Okay, okay. that's what I meant. That the nine and three. Okay. Yeah, they're going to yeah, win okay. that side of this conference at nine and three. Um, I have Nebraska at eight and four. I've got Iowa at eight and four. Number four is Wisconsin. I might be crazy, but um, there's just something there that bugs me about Wisconsin. Uh, they can't throw the football. That that could bug you a little bit. That's always been the case. They <laughs> yeah. always seem to find a quarterback who uh, is like forced upon them. I don't know what that is. They just seem to be like. <laughs> Like yeah, you're gonna you guys you're gonna have to use this guy. All right, I, I know he's not your first choice. It's like their starter always seems to be a backup guy. And, yeah, and you always look at the Wisconsin quarterback like, damn, what happened to the starter uh, that this guy's in there? What do you so got them seven and five? I have them at uh, seven and five. You know, I could see them going eight and four, but I have. So them right at seven now, I see two things happening: TCU and Wisconsin. You and I are going to be tracking all year because we're going to be busting oh, each absolutely. other's chops. Oh yeah, yeah absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely on that. Number five, uh, Minnesota. I have them at seven and five. Six, Illinois, four and eight. Um, you know, Lovey Smith, you took the job. I'm wondering why, but, you know, I've got them there. And then Purdue. He likes uh, Chicago. He was close to home, I think. I think he Chicago. must have a nice house somewhere there. Must be. Must be something like that. And then number seven, good old Purdue. A lot of work to be done there. Brand new coach there for Purdue, and there's, there's a big cleanup. How do you see the East? Because this is where the fun starts. Well, this is, you know, this is hard this year because I struggled, you know, with what, where I wanted to go. I mean, I, I like what Penn State did last year. I really I really thought they had a nice year, and I love Saquon Barkley. I mean, that run he had against my Trojans, that was classic. I mean, he broke four guys' ankles and then ran away from them. This guy is a, a top-five pick. And I have them in Ohio State with the game of the year here in the conference in October. It's at Ohio State this year. I think Ohio State was young last year. I think that that experience is going to help them, and that ass whooping they got in that playoff game has to motivate them. So I kind of have Ohio State nudging Penn State out to win this conference at eleven and one. I, I you know I just I have a hard time in today's college game calling any team straight up undefeated going into the year because I just think there's too much parity. So if they go twelve and zero, God bless them. But I have Ohio State at eleven and one. I've got Penn State second. I think uh, what they did last year, bringing now they're bringing back Barkley and the quarterback. The offensive line should be somewhat improved. That was their weak spot. I got them at ten and two. Um, Michigan, ton of talent, young, replacing a lot of guys from that team. I mean, a lot of guys from that 
that that squad that you know got hosed out, you know, or hosed themselves out of the playoffs. I got them at nine and three. I mean, they got an out of conference game with your son's team, Florida. That's tough. They have Ohio State at home. They make a trip to Penn State. I just see some losses on the schedule for them. I, you know, nine and three. I got Michigan State finishing fourth, but also being nine and three. I think they rebound this year from what was a horrible year last year. Don't write off Michigan State. That's a program that you got to keep your eye on. And then I got Indiana six and six, Maryland five and seven, and Rutgers one and eleven in the conference, throwing them out at some point in the future. <laughs> I mean, Man. I can't see how you keep Rutgers. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> man, you threw a one and eleven on Rutgers. Have you watched Rutgers? Have you looked at the Rutgers scores from last year? Go, go look at some of those scores. They yeah, got, look, they got shut out I, by three I teams. Know, I know that Jim Harbaugh and uh, a bunch of people uh, went to Ruth Chris Steakhouse off of, uh, <laughs> off of yes. the Rutgers lopsided win, and a man ordered a glass of milk. Tell me he's not different. <laughs> give me uh, give, give me your records for Ohio State and Penn State. I missed. I got Ohio State at eleven and one. I, I just refuse to put undefeated teams out there anymore. And I got Penn State at ten and two. All right. Um, I've got a I've got a couple of things in this in this side of the conference. I think it's going to be extremely interesting between Ohio State, Penn State, and Michigan. I think people are pushing. Uh, Michigan out a little uh, too easily. Yes, I know they've got to replace a bunch of guys, but Emil, I know one thing. Um, Jim Harbaugh wins. He's going to figure it out. Yeah, he and does. And maybe there'll be a bit of a little bit of a slow start. Um, they do open up with a pretty strong game against Florida, um, and that might be a little bit of an issue for them. But I think people are pushing them out of the way uh, a little bit too easily. And here's the other thing on Penn State. I like what they did last year. It's that expectations thing that I think is going to kill them. Um, too much talk about Penn State being great this year, and it might be a little bit of a problem for them. I will say this. Uh, this side of this conference, probably the best accumulation of, of coaches um, in all of college oh, football. without Between a doubt. Penn State, without Michigan State, Ohio State, and Michigan, I don't think you could top that in any other conference right now. All right, so what do I think here? Number one, I've got Ohio State. You're just not going to keep your foot on Urban Meyer's neck for too long. Um, this is an extremely driven and motivated individual. And uh, the way that they went out last year is not going to sit well. He must have been absolutely miserable this offseason. Spring ball must have been a real doozy for the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I can just only imagine this, this fall camp right now what it's like. Because if Urban's miserable, everyone else is going to be miserable. And you, the only way to stop being miserable is to start being great. And I think he's going to get that out of him. So I like Ohio State to win this conference at 11-1. and one. I've got Michigan at two. Um, I think they're going to figure it out, like I said. Um, those new guys, that, that I mean, they went to Rome for crying out loud. And with four-hour practices – um, you're not new anymore by the time the season starts. <laughs> you're yeah. damn near worn out. So I think they're going to figure it out. I think they get the nudge over Penn State. So I've got Michigan at two. Penn State, um, great. Uh, listen, people weren't high. Give me a record. I put your record on Michigan, 10 and 2. 10 and 2. 10 and 2. You remember how folks were a little iffy on, on, on James Franklin? And they yeah. thought maybe uh, there was a little bit too much hype, a little bit too much soft on that. Uh, he's, he's answered the bell, but I just I don't know that he can climb above those two titans at the top of this conference. I've got Penn State number three at 10 and two. Uh, Michigan State at number four. 
Emil, I've got them at seven and five. I think you had them at eight and four. I've got them at seven. I have and them five. at nine and three. I think they're going to. Ha- I think they're going to surprise this year. I think it's just going to be tough. with what else is in this side of the division? You know what I mean uh, uh, of the conference. I just think it's going to be very tough for them. Um, it's a well-run program, though. I just, I just think right now um, they're a little bit on the outside of the top looking in. Uh, number five, Maryland at uh, six and six. Indiana sixth at four and man, Rutgers. I, I gave them four wins, Amo. I mean, you're really harsh on the guys from Jersey. What's wrong with you? Okay, well, God bless you. I, I, yeah, okay. I, I, after watching that disaster last year, they're gonna have to show me they can win four games. I know this; they'll be better than last year. How about that? I mean, oh, well, that's going out on a limb. They played three games. They got a shutout, 177 to nothing. I mean, come on. Yeah, uh, so give me that. Give me that. So uh, I've got them at four and seven. Amol, it could very well be two and ten. Who in the who in the hell knows? I just know they're going to be. They're going to be looking at everyone else's crack and rear end from the bottom of this side of the conference. So there you have it. Uh, the Big Ten East, Big Ten West. We're going to jump and take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to talk Pac-12 football here on the College Football 2017 preview here on the Gridiron Stud Show. We'll be right back. Hey, 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 do you love fantasy sports? Do you love money? Do you love excitement? Well, get ready, because you may have found your heaven. FanDuel has combined all of these great things into one amazing website. Turn your love for sports into money and excitement with one week and even one day fantasy leagues with a chance for enormous payouts. FanDuel pays out over $10 million in winnings weekly to its members. That's right, $10 million. One member has made over $600,000 playing in their league. Another customer entered a one-day contest for $25 and, get this, cashed out $25,000 that day. FanDuel even offers a 100% money-back guarantee. Sign up now and join a league. If you don't absolutely love it, they'll give you your money back. You can enter leagues for as little as $1. For a limited time, FanDuel is offering a 100% deposit match bonus to Gridiron Stud Show listeners. That's right, they'll match your initial deposit all the way up to $200. What more can you ask for? Just head over to FanDuel.com right now and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs when you sign up. But you better hurry. The match bonus is going to end soon. Just head over to FanDuel.com and enter the promo code Gridiron Studs. Do it now! We're back after the quick break here on the Gridiron Stud Show, continuing with our 2017 college football preview. We're going to swing out west to the Pac-12. Uh, we're going to wait. Run this time out. Quick... Can I ask an obvious question? Because neither of yes. us stated this. I have Ohio State beating Wisconsin. I'm assuming you have them beating Northwestern, or, or my? No. I do. I do okay. have. Uh, so you Ohio have them State winning the conference, like I do. Okay. Yeah, we forgot to do that because, you know, we started off with the Big 12 who had once nothing to do with the conference championship game. So, yes, I do have Ohio State as uh, the winner over Northwestern in the Big 10 championship game. So sliding over to the Big tw- uh, to the Pac-12, uh, I'll start off here with the south part of this thing. Um, and I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. I think Arizona State owns the bottom of this thing, and I think Graham gets his walking papers at the end of the year. He and Rich Rodriguez, I think, are both gone because they're the fifth and sixth place team, it looks like to me. I've got Arizona State at four and eight. I've got Rich Rod and the boys out there in the desert at five and seven. Um, number, number 
four in the conference. I think it's going to be UCLA and their brash-talking quarterback, Josh Rosen. Uh, Jim Moore Jr. is going to be looked at sideways, may also get his walking papers, depending on what else is available out there at the end of this year. Colorado had a great year last year. I don't think they'll be able to duplicate exactly that. But, um, you know, listen, they've made a good turnaround there uh, out in Colorado. Just won't be as good as last year. They've lost some guys. Uh, I have them as the number three team in uh, this division at seven and five. Number two, Utah at eight and four. Um, they're starting quarterback returns, but you know what, Emil? He lost the job. He lost the job to a local kid uh, from down here in Broward County. Took the job from him. Uh, I still think, though, all around Utah, solid team. I think they're number two. Yeah, they in are. Division. And uh, hard to deny what USC is right now, especially with that superstar there at quarterback. I think USC is the winner of this division. I have them at 10 and two. How do you see this division? Uh, yeah, you know, you know me. Usually I try to hedge and bet against my team, but I think USC is legit. They won their last nine games in a row um, last year, and this year's junior class is that number one rated class from 2015, and then they also have the sophomore class, which was a top five class. So I think there's a lot of talent there. Uh, again, I refuse to make teams undefeated. I got them at 11-1. and one. Uh, I don't expect Arnold to fold like Barkley did. This kid's um, legit top five pick. And then Second, I see Colorado kind of hanging around and doing some nice things and being nine and three. I think they're gonna. I think he's a good coach, and I think he's gonna keep that momentum there. I've got Utah, so we kind of see this conference very, this division very similar. Similarly, I've got Utah at uh, eight and four, though. I've got them third. Um, UCLA. I wanted to even give them more wins, but I just think that that quarterback puts a lot of attention on that program that they don't need right now. They need to be quiet and just go about their business. I've got them at 7-5, and five, and like you, I've got the Arizona schools at the bottom. Arizona State, because of some cupcakes out of conference, I gave them 6-6, six and six, and I've got Arizona at 4-8, and eight, and I think both guys, like you said, are going to get their walking papers at the end of the year. Yeah, I mean, uh, they've got one foot out the door right now anyway, so... Um, you know, so we'll see how that shakes out. I just think they're all gone. Maybe three guys out of a job in this side yeah. of the Pac-12, and that's what happens when the other side is so strong. All right, uh, heading over to the north side. This is uh, this is going to be the fun side too, um, as well. And again, I'll start at the bottom. Cal, um, I got a little, uh, uh, you know, never mind. Cal four and eight at the bottom of the okay. conference. Uh, Oregon State number five at six and six. Um, number four, Oregon. Remember when the Ducks were everything, uh, Pac-12 or Pac-10? Yep. They were it. They're not that anymore. Um, got them at number four at seven and five. Number three, Washington State was a bit of a surprise last year. Maybe Mike Leach has found his place. Um, but you know what? He's the kind of guy that hangs around at this level right here, eight and four, seven to five, eight and four, seven to five. Mm-hmm. I've got him at eight and four. So now what's going to happen at the top? Hard to deny what Washington did last year. Um, hey, listen, our guy can coach, okay? He can definitely coach. I don't think that, that that's going to change. But, you know, so can St- Stanford plays pretty damn good ball, too. I think that's going to be uh, one heck of a game this year, and I think Washington ends up being the one that triumphs. I've got Washington at 11-1. and one, also got Stanford at 11-1, uh, at and one. however that um, works out. But I could see them at 10-2. and two. But I, nevertheless, at the end of the day, Washington winning um, the North and uh, Stanford uh, coming in second place here. I think the difference in, in this in this division is, is very simple. I think it's going to be that Stanford has to play at USC in week two. 
Um, and they've won eight of their last 11 against USC, and I think that that game gets circled in the Coliseum, and, and you know that's going to be a hard one for Stanford. I mean, if they do that, I'd be impressed. So Washington misses USC. So I've got Washington winning the division this year, but I think this this conference this division's a scrum. I don't see well, even though they have a cupcake out of conference schedule, I think they find themselves a couple losses, and they win the division with a seven and two division you know conference record. I think Washington goes ten and two. I've got a surprise here. I like Oregon to go nine and three. I, I really like Taggart. Now I'm not sure he's going to be a long term fit there because he's bringing a lot of kids from your area up to Oregon and. The question won't be if he can get them there. The question will be, will they stay? Do we start to see transfers when they get up there? So, right. Um, but, but I think he can coach, and uh, so I've got him at nine and three of surprise. I'm not as bullish on Stanford as you this year. I don't like the quarterback. Uh, I believe they're going with Keller Christ, and I think losing a kid of McCaffrey's skill set. I mean, everybody wants to talk about it. they brought you know the other running back, Love. I think his name is. He's a, he's a good back, but he's not McCaffrey. I mean, they struggle in their bowl game. They won 26-25 against North Carolina. I think this is an 8-4 and four team. It's a good team. I think they're in every game. I just I don't like their offense. Um, I've got Washington State fourth at 8-4, and four, and then I've got Oregon State at 5-7 and seven and Cal at 3-9, and nine, so we kind of see the bottom very similar. I just, I'm, a, I'm, I'm not as bullish on Stanford as you are. All right, run me through the teams and the, and the uh, schedules. and the uh, Washington 10-2, and two, Oregon 9-3. and three. Stanford eight and four, Washington State eight and four, Oregon State five and seven, Cal three and nine. Down on Stanford, huh? Uh, You're gonna learn about the Cardinal. No, I'm not. Listen, I don't think they're gonna get blown. I just don't like the offense. I think they'll play damn good defense like they always do under 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 Shaw. I just I'm not I'm not sold that you can have the quarterback play they have and lose a kid of McCaffrey. McCaffrey was their Swiss Army knife. I mean, a kid caught the ball in the backfield, ran with the football, and returned punts. So it's a lot to replace. Well, how about, you know, you spread things out a little bit more, makes them a little less predictable. Any thoughts on that? Maybe, maybe. And, you know, my, my title game, I've got USC and Washington. Um, you know, I've got USC beating them. They pulled their pants down up there in Seattle last year, and I don't, you know, I think Washington lost a ton of talent from, the defensive side of the football. I mean, that, that defense they had last year, go look at the NFL draft and go look at the Alabama game in the playoff. I mean, they got beat 31 nothing. The defense only gave up 17 points to Alabama. Um, they gave up two scores with their offense. So I, I really I, I think it's going to be hard for Washington to stop USC if they couldn't do it last year. Yeah, I have, I have Washington winning this, setting things up mm-hmm. for Sam to come back next year. Um, and and lead the Trojans to glory and into okay. the college football playoff. But I, I think that's that's going to be one hell of a football game. Uh, I think it's going to be a good year for for the Pac-12. But that's going to be one heck of a game. And I just uh, I got I've got Washington in a really really good game, a must watch game. I mean I can um, see that. Listen, USC. they're they're going to have a good offensive club. I mean Washington it brings their quarterback back as well, Browning. So that they're going to be a, a good offensive football team. Yeah, let's uh, let's do a little end run. I'll say the ACC for last might be a little bit more interesting than the SEC. So let's go SEC and let's go SEC West first because you know you and I both know who we're going to pick to win uh, that part of the division. So let's just roll there. You can go first with the SEC West. Oh well, you know, no, I might surprise you here. I I went back and forth. No, you're not. Are we going SEC West? You said. West, yes. 
Oh, West. Okay, yes. Um, West, I mean, I've got Alabama again. Um, this is my Holy standard crap. line. Holy crap. Alabama? I've got them at 11-1. and one. Again, I'm, t- I'm not going to predict undefeated teams anymore. I think it's too hard. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if they went. Would I be surprised if they went 12-0? and oh, Hell no. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say they lose a game somewhere or someplace on the road and they go 11-1. I've got LSU uh, at 10-2. and two. Uh, I think the new offensive coordinator is going to help them a lot down there. Um, you know, they lost Fournette, but this this kid, uh, what's his name, Geis, right? Geis? Yeah. He was a beast. Oh, he was a beast. He might have been better than Leonard Fournette last year, to be honest with you. At the college level, I mean, I, I would agree with you. I thought he was a better back last year than Fournette. I think Fournette got away with it because of his, you know, obviously raw potential and the fact that, you know, he was so hyped coming in. But I I thought that kid actually produced more. Um, so I like LSU at 10-2. and two. I've got Auburn and A&M. I think this is going to be a tough division this year. I've got Auburn and A&M right there for three and four. I've got Auburn at nine and three and A&M at nine and three. But I'm going to call Auburn the third place team at nine and three, and A&M fourth at nine and three. And then there's a big drop off. You know, Arkansas. Yeah, they'll upset somebody probably during the season. But to me, they're a seven and five club. I've got Mississippi State at six and six. I'm not sure. He needs to find his Dak Prescott again before he can do anything. And uh, Ole Miss has a just a disaster going on down there. And I'm not really sure if they can compete with that kind of distraction. I've got them at 4-8. and eight. Yeah, uh, we kind of see this thing similarly. Um, I, I have in the uh, SEC West, I'm rolling with um, – I'm going to go out on a limb here, Emil, and and say Alabama is going to win the West this year. <laughs> Give me a run. Throwing that out there. Um, yeah, I got them at 11 and two. Remember, they're they're playing an opener, uh, so they're going to have 13 games this year. I've got them. I've got them losing two somehow, some kind of way. Wait, how they have 13? Or the, well, everybody plays an opener. What are you talking about here? No, no, oh, an opening opener. Oh, my bad. Well, let's just call them 11 and one. Yeah. That's why I have you on? Yeah, the they show. only play 12. Count. 11 yeah, they only one. play 12. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So let's call them 11 and one. You know who I like this year? I like Auburn. In in this. Okay. I think I think that Iron Bowl is going to be something serious this year. Auburn's bringing back eight starters on offense, eight on defense. Uh, I would the, the starting quarterback is coming back, but he lost a job to the kid from Baylor that came over. He's a super dynamic kid, and he might be better suited for what it is that Auburn likes to do. So Auburn might be able to get that offense the way that they want it this year. I think they're going to be a pretty interesting team. So I've got Auburn at uh, number two in the West at nine and three. I've got LSU third, also at nine and three. I think Auburn wins the LSU game this year. Um, be interesting to see what Ed Ogeron does. I think there'll be some little bumps in the road for him as a full-time uh, I'm the guy head coach this year. Um, just you know, I, don't, I don't know if they're going to be ready to to right off the bat challenge for the, you know, number one in this conference. Right. So a ton of talent, but there'll be some, uh, there'll be some bumps in the road. Number four, uh, Texas A&M, just like you, I think that's where you had the Aggies. Uh, eight yep. and four, Kevin Sumlin, they'll flirt around with whether or not he'll keep his job this year. He'll do just enough to keep it. Uh, so I've got them at number four. Number five, I've got Mississippi State at seven and five. Not really feeling Arkansas, and I think they'll start, they'll, there'll be some noise about, um, you know, the coaching situation in Arkansas at the end of this year. I have them at five and seven and at number seven, Ole Miss is just the dumpster fire right now. I have them at four and eight. 
And they might be lucky to be that because I think the wheels have come all the way off uh, at that program. You know, the, the shit's hit the bank. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's a, you know, you know it'd be a hell of a bowl game? Ole Miss versus Baylor right now. Yeah, there you go. Um, I, mean, I mean, would man. that be like, what would we call that? The disaster bowl? The bounty, <laughs> the bounty, the bounty quicker picker upper. Okay, let's slide over to the east when we're at it. You know, I, I starting to say here, I've struggled because you know, I want, I want to pick the Florida Gators to win the east. I, I want sure. to because, you know, I want to, but I see them being second this year. I, I, I think that what, what, what got me off giving them the nod here is this particularly daunting stretch in October where they go LSU. Texas A&M and Georgia. Um, that that's a tough gauntlet to run. I mean, all teams in the SEC have to play the schedule, and it's a difficult schedule. But I think that's tough. So I've got I've got Georgia winning the Eastern half this year at ten and two. I think uh, you know the experience they got last year with some of their younger players, particularly the quarterback, I think will help them. Um, I like I like kind of the way their schedule sets up for them. The, the, you know, I, I didn't see Alabama on it. So when I when I pull out the schedule and I don't see Alabama on your schedule, I'm already happy for you if you're in the East. So um, I've got Georgia at ten and two, and I've got Florida at nine and three coming in second there. And then I think you know it's 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 a lot of just average to bad. I've got Tennessee third at eight and four. Um, they've got talent. I'm just not sure, you know, if if they'll ever put it completely together there. Um, South Carolina, I've got at seven and five. They were improving at the end of last year. The defense should be decent. I just, you know, do they get enough offense? That's the question. I've got Missouri at uh, fifth at seven and five. More on the uh, the the weakness of their out of conference schedule, getting a few easy wins. Then I've got Kentucky coming in sixth at six and six. And of course, I've got the smartest school in the conference with the worst football team, Vandy, at four and eight. All right, so really quick, recap that for me with the record. Georgia ten and two, number one. Florida nine and three. Tennessee third at eight and four. South Carolina fourth, seven and five. Missouri fifth at seven and five. Kentucky in sixth at six and six. And Vandy in last place at four and eight. You got a problem with those guys in Vanderbilt? No, they're smart. They have a great baseball ever, team. Hell of a baseball team. You think they'll ever be like a, a Duke or or sniff a Stanford there at Vanderbilt? And why not if they if they if you don't think so? Uh, a couple of reasons. Stanford was always an athletic and academic school. I mean, they've always been good in athletics, generally speaking. Look at their history. Look at the quarterbacks that have come from Stanford. I think it's a different uh, element. I think also what hurts them is, and I don't. I want to say this tactfully. There's a lot of academic stress institutions that really stress academics in the Pac-12. You could go look at U.S. News and World Report. You've got Stanford, you've got Cal, you've got USC and UCLA. I think there's a lot of football first schools in in the SEC, and I think it makes it really hard for a school like Vanderbilt. Yeah, um, and you may be right, you know, taking a look at it like that. All right, let me talk about what I think about is going to happen in the uh, SEC this East this year. Um, I'm with you. I go I go back and forth with Florida and Georgia. I just think right now, Emil, um Florida has Georgia's number. I can't wait for that game. That's one of my top five war games this year. I think that's, that's, that's going to be for the East. I don't think Tennessee is a part of this picture this year. You mentioned that stretch. Um, in in that Florida has in October. Here's the good thing about all the crap that went on last year with them and LSU. They get LSU at home for the next two seasons. So 
Yes, they're going to face LSU, Texas A&M, and Georgia. Tough three-game stretch, but the LSU game is at home. The Texas A&M game is at home. Then they get a bye, then they get Georgia, um, and that helps them. And the Georgia game is not a road game. It's the, it's the biggest cocktail party Very in the world, true. And, it's in, and it's in Jacksonville. I would have been concerned as well if one of those games, if you had to go to College Station or you had to go back yeah. to Baton Rouge, um, that would have been a problem for me. But I think um, that's something I think they could manage based on – uh, the fact that they have the buy and that, you know, those games are going to be at home. So I, I do like Florida to win the conference. They've, uh, they've built up some talent there, Emil. And, I'm, you know, obviously people are going to look at me sideways because, you know, I have a little bit of a bias. But I'm noticing it, especially in the offensive side of the ball. Um, they have a legit running game. Um, they, for the first time since I've really been in tune to what's going on with Florida, they've got legit weapons outside. They've got an abundance of quarterbacks. No one that is, there's not a Sam Darnold there, but um, they've got three very good guys competing for the job right now. Well, for me, their offensive side of the ball comes down to, can they, can they look like an SEC offensive line and move people off the football? We both know at times last year and you, you were, you saw almost every game, um, they just couldn't move people off the football. That's one thing they've got to start doing. If they want to have a running game, they've got to move people and get four yards, five yards. It's not about breaking 30-yard runs. It's about not having negative plays and zeros. Yeah, yeah. I was very encouraged by what I saw out of their running game in a big game against LSU. So that's yeah. kind of what I'm relying it on. So um, uh, second, Georgia, obviously, at 8-4. and four. Um, Here's a surprise. I think South Carolina is going to surprise some people this year, Emil. Uh, I, I just – I like what they've got coming back. I think they've got 10 guys coming back on the offense, including the quarterback. And the quarterback, um, you know, was, was pretty exciting last year. Came in off the bench, kind of no one knew who he was. Um, but he looks to be the, the playmaker there that uh, people said that Give he was. Give us some records, by the way. What were the records? I've got Florida here? at 9-3, and three, Georgia at 8-4. and four. Uh, I've okay. got South Carolina at seven and five. South Carolina returning ten guys on offense, four of them on the offensive line, six yep. guys on defense. And if Will Muschamp's teams do anything, they play defense. So um, I think so South Carolina will be a surprise in the conference, upset some people. I like them at number three. Number four is Tennessee. Um, I think Butch uh, Jones is going to be in trouble uh, at the end of this season. Uh, I think they're going to want his head. Um, mm-hmm. I have them at seven and five. I like Kentucky. I like what Kentucky's been able to do. It's just going to be difficult for Kentucky to penetrate up into the top of this thing. But I like the direction that they're moving in and some of the things that they've done. I've got them at number five, uh, at seven and five. Number six is Missouri at six and six. They're returning a lot. Uh, they might be a little bit of a surprise. Uh, might not be as bad as I have them here at six and six. And then Vanderbilt. I uh, have them at five and seven. Tough coaching gig. But uh, right now, I think they've got the right man for the job at five and seven. You know what, Emil? The reality is that ends up being somewhat of a decent year for Vanderbilt. Sure. So I'm going to make, an, I'm gonna make an assumption you've got Alabama beating Florida. Am I wrong? Florida all the way blowout over Alabama. Now, okay. Quite honestly, I've got Alabama winning once again for the third year in a row over Florida. Yeah, in the as do I. Big, big surprise. Okay, let's jump on the ACC. We're running out of, you know, we're running up against it here in the w- – let's start with the Miami side of the conference only because I think I think we, we both know what we have to sort out on the other side. Um, right. I, I, I Boy, man, I really like what Mark Richt is doing here. I do. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I want to get ahead of myself. You know, I'm a kind of a closet Hurricane fan too, so, I, you know, I'm 
kind of don't want to get too excited, but I, I really like what they're doing. I think if they can get some solid quarterback play, I like everything else about this team. And I'm going to actually say that this is the year they finally put things together, really put them together, and they win this side of the conference going 10-2. Mm-hmm. I've got them. I've got them winning. Uh, second play, this is, a, this is a kind of, a, to me, a boring division. Uh, you know, after after uh, Miami, I've got Virginia Tech having a good year. I like what they have coming back. Uh, I have them at nine and three, and then the rest of this is like a hodgepodge. I, I have North Carolina third at eight and four. He seems to bring talent in there. They just never put everything together, nor do they ever seem interested in defense. Um, Pitt seven and five. They have they have some tough out of conference games with both Penn State and Oklahoma State, two top ten teams on Pitt's schedule. Going to make it hard there. For them to you know get much above seven and five, then I have Georgia Tech at seven and five, Duke at seven and five, and Virginia with without its Robert E. Lee statue coming in last place at four and eight. You had to throw that Robert E. Lee in there, didn't you? All right, well, oh, yeah. well I'm gonna uh, I'm I'm gonna agree with you uh, on this, and you know I don't know how people are gonna aren't look at it. Obviously, I'm a University of Miami alum. This is, uh, you know, University of Miami fans have been saying it for quite some time. The U is back. I really think that this is the year for that. And I'm all too, I'm a little sad that Brad Kaya decided to leave because uh, I think this would have been a college football playoff team um, had Kaya come back. So right now what you've got is everything else looking pretty solid and pretty good, but you just don't know what you're going to get quarterback play. That's that's the uh, the question mark, and that's not an area where you really want to have a question mark. But I like them to win this conference going away, Amo, going away at 10-2. and two. I've got UNC second at 7-5. and five. The rest of this conference, the rest of this division right here is a little bit putrid for me. Uh, you don't like I'm Virginia a, Tech like I do, do no, you? No, no. I okay. just uh, What they've been doing offensively for the last few years is just, been ugly to me and at some point it's going to catch up with them um i've got them at third at six and six fourth i've got pitt also at six and six fifth georgia tech also at six and six um i've got um where'd i go duke i'm not feeling duke either uh, i think they continue to slide off they're sixth at four and eight and uh virginia Good old Virginia, just taking L's uh, left and right recently here. The football team will be no different. I have them at three and nine. So that's how I've got it shaken out. Let's slide over to the other side of this thing where it gets uh, really interesting, kind of. Well, yeah. Um, here's the thing. Here's the thing. This, uh, I'm not going to call for Clemson to just fall off the face of the earth, but I think it's, I think it's going to be very hard, despite all the talent they have, and they have a ton of talent. Just look at the last few NFL drafts um, at Clemson to just replace a guy like Deshaun Watson, and you know make it business as usual. Auburn's on that schedule early. Of course, we have the Florida State game, which is huge. They're going to have to play Louisville with the Heisman Trophy winner. So for me, I've got Florida State while they have the same overall record. I have them having the better conference record. We all know Florida State. We'll talk about these games in a little bit. Uh, you know, they play Alabama to open the year. I've got Florida State 10-2 and two and and winning this side of the conference. And I have Clemson at 10-2 and two as well. But obviously, you know, losing that game to Florida State, putting them second. I think Louisville is going to be another tough team in this conference. When you have a, a quarterback like him, it's going to be hard to not have a, a competitive football team. I've got them at 9-3. and three. And then the rest of this con- the rest of this division, I should say, to me is just an abject disaster. I've got Wake Forest at seven and five, 
NC State six and six, Boston College five and seven, and then I've got Syracuse dead last at three and nine. Good old Syracuse. Remember when they played good football there at Syracuse? I do. Yes, when Donovan McNabb was there and some of the yes, I do. Yeah, we were kind of young then. All right, let me yeah. let me talk about what I see here. Um, I don't I don't see this shaping quite the way that you do. I'm a, you know, I don't know if I'm surprised or what, what whatever the deal may be. I see a slide back for Clemson. Um, Deshaun Watson. You know, you know how I've talked about coaches staying beyond that program changer guy. You know, Mac Brown staying beyond Vince Young. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, the, that that type of deal. Urban Meyer smart enough to leave when Tim Tebow was gone. Um, that might happen here to Dabo Swinney. And I think Clemson falls back. And well, I have them third uh, overall. Wow. An 8-4 record, believe that or not. Um, I have well, they're not three. horrible, but you just don't have them being a factor in the national race. I got you. No, I don't. I don't see them returning there. They got their championship with their guy, and I just don't see them returning back to it. Um, one and two, what do you do? FSU is going to have big revenge on their mind, but I just I don't know. Amal, in looking at that game, how how much are they going to change? Yes, I know FSU was young, and I know the game is in Tallahassee. But I don't. I just don't know that they know what to do with Lamar Jackson. And um, I see Louisville winning that game, and thus being the separation at the top of this conference. I've got Louisville at eleven and one. I've got FSU finishing second at ten and two. Um, and now number four in the conference, I've got NC State. Not that it matters, but I like some of the things NC State is doing there. I've got them okay. at nine and three. Uh, Boston College fifth at six and six. Sixth, I've got Syracuse. Um, also at six and six, and I've got Wake Forest finishing down there at number seven overall. So I've got Louisville winning this game. I'm, I've got um, as one of those war games, um, the, the the championship game uh, between Louisville and Miami, and I've got Louisville edging out Miami uh, just because Louisville is a little more experienced in that big game thing, and they've got one hell of a dynamic quarterback that's just going to be really tough to deal with. I think Louisville is a super motivated team this year. Um, and I, I, I have them edging uh, my school, Miami, in the championship game. Uh, you know what? I've got Florida State edging out Miami in the championship game. And to be honest with you, the bowl Amel, game can I just Florida... say something? But yeah. I, I just I don't need something like that to happen in my life. I just really don't. I'm not trying to make your life bad. Around. Believe me, I'll be rooting for Miami if the game comes to fruition. I'll be rooting for them the first time they play. I love to be wrong when I pick Florida State because I'm not a big Florida State fan. But what they did in the bowl game against Michigan impressed me. I mean, even though they tried to lose it at the end, they dominated up front. I like Florida State to win that game, which will lead us then to our four-team playoff. I'll throw my four out. You throw your four out. And uh, I'm sad to say mine I picked way before I saw Kirk Herbstreet. Um yeah. And they are exactly the same as Kirk Herbstreet. I apologize for that. Um, I have the number one seed, Alabama. Uh, they roll into this game 12-1, and into this playoff tournament. I've got USC at 12-1 and as the two seed. I've got Ohio State at 12-1 and as the three seed. And then I have Florida State, which would be 11-2 and at that point as the four seed. I think we're going to start to see more of that with the parity in college football. You'll see two-team Two lost teams make the tournament now. I just think it's going to be very hard to run the table. Uh, that will lead me to a rematch of the opener, and I will have Alabama defeating Florida State in in the rematch of that game. And then I have the other bracket, the old Rose Bowl game. I've got USC over Ohio State. 
in in a, a Rose Bowl type of playoff game, and then that would lead a championship game of Bama, who played USC last year, and if they will defeat them again. And uh, boring as it may be, I have once again selected Alabama to win the national championship. <laughs> Eh, buddy, 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 buddy. All right, well, um, I've got a four-team playoff as Washington is the number one seed. I I really like Washington this year. I've had them as the number one seed. They had the experience of going to the college football playoff last year. I think that's going to do a lot for them um, coming back this year. I have the number two seed as Alabama. You win the SEC. uh, You kind of get a lot of uh, flavor, so they're they're the number two team. Number three is Ohio State. Uh, Urban Meyer getting back in this thing. Uh, and I've got uh, Louisville as in number four. Washington um, taking on Louisville. Um, I've got as as, as uh, dynamic as I think Louisville is, I really do like this Washington team. I've got Washington winning that game. Um, then you've got the Alabama-Ohio State matchup again. And well, I just – I know how Urban Meyer is when he takes that L. So I've got, I've got Ohio State coming out ahead in that one. Um, and once wow. again, beating an, beating an Alabama. So that sets up the Washington-Ohio State deal. And, uh, Amo, how about that? I'm going to make Washington a Pac-12 team, um, the national champions this year. How about, wow. how about that thing? Yeah, I'm, wow, I didn't want to go crazy. with the status okay, cool. quo, my friend. Yeah, I just didn't want to go with the status quo. Well, quickly, I know you got to get out of here. What? Uh, give me your top five war games. Were you able to put that together this year? Yeah, you know, I struggle because there's so many games I want to see this year. So let me, let me go first since I can't be sure that my playoff will come to fruition. Matter of fact, I'm pretty sure it won't. So I'm going to say I want to see that Alabama-Florida State game real bad in that opener. Um, when those kind of programs get together in that first week of a season, I get excited. And, uh, you know, so that's something I want to see. Believe it or not, I'm going to go to the Pac-12. And this is uh, two of the three teams with the most national championships in the history of college sports, and they have quite a rivalry now in football because of uh, Jim Harbaugh and David Shaw. I, I want to see that USC-Stanford game. I mentioned Stanford's won eight of the last 11. Uh, I think that game is going to be a barometer for the way each team's season goes in the Pac-12, so I want to see it. I, of course, want to see Clemson-Florida State. Um, for me, that's just another huge game. I know you're more, you're probably more interested the way you picked in Louisville, Florida State, but I really want to see Clemson, Florida State. And then I'm going to the Big Ten here. That Penn State, Ohio State game is going to be a huge game. Penn State beat them last year. Penn State feels they should have been in that playoff. They got, they feel they got job. They're going to Ohio State, so let's see what happens. And then finally, believe it or not, I still want to see LSU, Alabama. There's just so much defensive talent on the field. Kidding me right now? What? LSU Alabama? Oh yeah, I want to see that game. I just there's so much defensive talent on the field, and you know you say what you want, but Ogeron's new to that game a little bit. He's kind of now the, the man at LSU. They have a lot of talent at LSU, and uh, you know if anybody can can beat them, I think it's believe it or not. I know you don't like LSU as much as me. I think LSU's going to surprise some people this year. Yeah, uh, my five includes a couple of mythical matchups that are not actually on the schedule. And, you know, I don't know if, if, if you, in going about doing yours, thought that you can include those. I probably should have made that a little more clear. But no, you, yeah, I didn't think I could, so I, I picked real games. Yeah, <laughs> okay, well, I got a couple of fake news <laughs> games 
<laughs> a couple of fake news games thrown in there. Yeah, um, uh, I news from the, the Gridiron yeah. Stud show. <laughs> yeah. Um, if you don't um, have FSU Alabama on your top five war games, you don't understand college football. That's going to be absolutely something out of this world. Uh, that's one of them. Here's mythical matchup number one. It's the, it's the, what I believe will be the Pac-12 championship game, USC versus Washington. Um, you talked about what happened last year. I'm just so anxious to see uh, that thing go down uh, that I'm going to will it to happen. So USC, Washington. Okay. You know, you've, you've got the Penn State, Ohio State game out of the Big Ten. I've got Michigan, Ohio State once again. We know what happened with that game last year. There was a, uh, there was a question as to, uh, you know, there was a close game and there was some questionable things that went down there. I'm thinking Michigan's going to be better than what people think um, because, you know, Harbaugh wins. Harbaugh does things to win, and uh, Urban Meyer got completely got his behind uh, exposed to everyone in the college football playoff last year. So I think two super motivated uh, type A personalities going at it right there. It's just what college football is all about. So Michigan-Ohio State. Mythical matchup number two here in my top five war games is Miami versus Louisville. I can't wait, first of all, to see Miami in an ACC championship game uh, so we could shut some people up on that. But then also them against Louisville and a guy like Lamar Jackson, who is from South Florida. I just think there's so many storylines and so many great things that could happen there. So that's another one I'm going to will to, to, to have happen. So come on, Louisville. Come on, Miami. And then the final one, this is for all the marbles, I think, when they get together uh, in the SEC East. So that UF-Georgia game is going to be an absolute war. So that's, uh, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah, that, and that I, I expect that game to be very interesting too. Like you, I think that should be a great game. And that, in my mind, as our picks showed, I think whoever wins that game wins the East. Yeah, exactly, exactly. All right, well that's it. That's your 2017 college football preview here from the Gridiron Stud Show. Amo Calamino, Chad Wilson, take that stuff and run with it. Take it all the way to the bank because that's how it is. It's the Gridiron Stud Show. Thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with more college football and NFL talk. Thanks for listening to the Gridiron Stud Show. See you next week. man how many offers do you have well i got about 10 miami florida florida state auburn usc and more how many you got none yet none (laughs) is this you are you sitting there with no offers whatsoever are you a good football player then head over to gridironstuds.com right now at gridiron studs you can create your own profile for free and post your highlight video College football coaches are visiting gridironstuds.com on a daily basis looking for prospects. But they won't find you if you're not there. Don't keep your talents on the field a secret. Put up your free profile right now on gridironstuds.com and get college football coaches' eyes on you. Visit us now at gridironstuds.com or follow us on Twitter at gridironstuds. Gridironstuds.com. Make yourself be seen.